<laughs> so no one can tell because podcast. Yeah. But like most of these start out with me and Keisha just looking at each other and seeing who's going to do who's it first. Start. And it's usually you. Probably is. I still. Why are you wearing my name tag? You're wearing my work name tag. Because I forgot I put it on. <laughs> it's okay. I get to be an ophthalmologist. Ophthalmic assistant. Ophthalmic. Ophthalmic assistant. God. As opposed to an optometric assistant. They'll come up with any word these days. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my. These damn communists, man, <laughs> coming up with new words. I just want to drink my PBR. <laughs> Don't you dare slight PBR like that. Okay. If communists drink any beer, it's PBR. <laughs> You're right. That's, that's Greatest exactly. damn beer in this country. A <laughs> hey, union made beer. Union made union beer. Union made. Union made beer, PBR. So it's a liberal beer then. It's a liberal. It's it is is lib politics beer, and that is true. <laughs> PBR, <laughs> the red, white, and blue itself. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Okay. Okay. So today we are talking all Jordan Peele. All, all of things. all of the Jordan Peele things. Yeah. Um, we watched all of them, which it was a short watch. Honestly. Yeah, only three movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not too bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Also, sorry about the jank release schedule. We'll figure that out. We'll figure it out one day. One day. Also, to be fair, though, last week no movies came out. Yes, what were we going to see? When the crawdads sing? Is that what we were going to see? No. No. I exactly. Just, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, just I just don't care. Yeah. yeah so. It's like yeah. Hey. Well, but like. Well, well, I don't know. We, we'll, we'll figure it out. out. I think I think bi-weekly would be good. I think this yeah. one's probably going to release within a week of our last one. But yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, today we're talking all things Jordan Peele. Uh, Jordan Peele, one of our favorite directors working today. Yes, absolutely. Um, nope was probably my most anticipated movie of the summer. Definitely for me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially since Thor let, let down. Yeah, Thor let down hard. Rip. That's a big one. Um, <laughs> uh, so... If you're just here for us to talk about Nope, um, that's great. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be putting that in the time codes uh, in the description below. You'll so, be able to see where we talk about it. Both yeah. spoiler and non-spoiler. Exactly, yeah. So just skip to those sections if you want to hear it. Um, and But until then, we're going to talk about um, Jordan Field's other films, uh, which we have a lot of opinions about. Yep. And we'll, we'll, we'll try to kind of get down to the central question of like why are people so obsessed with Jordan Peele a lot of people really like him and there's a lot of reasons for that and especially in the filmmaking world he represents a lot yeah. of what some people want <laughs> in cinema yeah it Jordan Jordan Peele feels like he's cut from like the cloth of like these older mm -hmm. directors who are um like really like making a name for themselves with specific styles and, mm -hmm. and trademarks and people act like like it's Jordan Peele as leading the charge in this when you have especially in horror right like yeah. you have like Ari Aster and Robert Eggers also working they're working in that too yeah and they're doing or like outside of horror and like and just like high suspense stuff you have the Safdie brothers mm -hmm. who are who, doing that and yeah. then Scott Derrickson recently with the black phone as well, which we both didn't yeah. see, but I heard was really good. Yeah, we should probably, should probably see it. Yeah. Well, we'll get to it. Um, we watched Men. 
<laughs> Men, which was from a director who I thought was going to be one of these guys, Alex Garland. Um, like five years ago? Yeah. Dude, uh, Ex Machina. Rip, rip Alex so Garland. So good. Rip Alec, Alex Garland. Like, Get your life together, man. <laughs> <laughs> he made Ex Machina, which is, you know, better than Get Out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> no, never. Um, we would get killed. And also, it's just not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I mean, men, which is way better than us. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, God, no, 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 no. Um, but he also Jordan Peele represents for a lot of people the modern auteur, and mm. I feel like we've used the word auteur a lot on this show. Uh, for yeah, it for those of you who haven't had to sit through auteur theory in, in film, film school, film school. Oh I had a God. whole class on auteur theory. Yeah, uh, very fun. No, no, it wasn't fun. <laughs> it wasn't that fun. <laughs> um, uh, auteur, like. Auteur theory is just so wrapped up in French New Wave, and I just hate the French New Wave. It's just because the French New Wave is stupid. The French New Wave is so stupid. <laughs> the French New Wave is... People act like it's the the second coming of Jesus Christ, except in cinema. They're like, but it's like not true. You're like, wow, we, we cut the film... Without them sulking behind it so their words don't match up with their mouth. <laughs> and you're like, you didn't do... You ch- Come on, God. Have you ever gone home after a long day of work and you're like, man, I just need to kick back and watch a French <laughs> New Wave film. That's what I need to watch right now. And I'm not just, saying that I just that's- want to kick, ba- kick back, watch Breathless, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Wish for death. <laughs> that's, that's that's what I want to do with my time. God. Um, oh, but to to explain on tour theory a little bit more, I'm just gonna read the Wikipedia definition, which is, uh, it's basically saying an auteur is an artist with a distinctive approach, and their filmmaking control is so unbounded but personal that the director is likened to the author of the film, which thus manifests the director's unique style or thematic focus. Basically, it's saying that... Webster's Dictionary defines auteur theory. Yeah, that's that's what I did. But yes. basically what it's saying is that you have the film director who has just this super, super specific and distinct approach that you see all these things in their films. And even if their ideas might not be... Like, each might have a, a, a unique and individualistic story. It's almost like within the canon of the filmmaker that they are basically doing everything in there to make it so that it is their film. Yeah, exactly. So it, um, and that's like the big problem that most people have with auteur theory is mm-hmm. um, it, like filmmaking is such a collaborative process. Oh yeah, for It's sure. insanely collaborative. You know, yes, the director is the one with the guiding vision and he like gets everyone on board and like thinking the same way, but the director is not calling every single creative shot on a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and... It's, it's impossible. You can't get a film done if you did that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's really a super collaborative effort, and it's not one person that's making every decision. That's not what a director does. It's yeah. usually a very collaborative process, even if the cinematographer might get um, ideas from the director or the yeah. writer, if they're the same person in that case. It's a cinematographer that's capturing that shot, yeah. right? Like... Like, auteur theory applies for something like Bo Burnham's Inside. Mm-hmm. That is, like, actually all That's his, literally all, all him. Yeah. But here's the thing about that 
specific project. If you look at the credits, it's not just him. It's it's not just him, but he's the director, writer, songwriter, editor, actor, lighting guy. Yeah. Right? I think he just didn't do like his color grading. His color grading and his mixing, I think were the only two things that he didn't do. Yeah. In that. So like that that is like the very close to like an, what an actual that's like and yeah, we're taking on Tour 32, like, it's absolute definitional extremes yeah. here. But, like, at the same time, I don't know. Directors, a director with a distinct style, I just call a good director. Yeah. You know? You don't call them an auteur because it makes you sound like a douche. <laughs> <laughs> that's one thing. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so freaking true. Um, and, like, that's just a good director, someone that has a distinct yeah. style, someone that, like, stands out from the crowd and that actually know. It's just that you know how to work with everyone to get them to see what you're seeing. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you are the guiding light behind the entire film. Yeah. Like, you're just... That means just you're a good leader of of your crew yeah. or you're Stanley Kubrick and you're a freaking, like... Psycho. <laughs> dic- dictator psycho. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and you know, you see other auteurs. Uh, another one that people probably will bring up is like Wes Anderson. People say that he's yeah. like another auteur, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Christopher, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan's another one. Um, and with those people, I think the other thing about like these people though is that they also have free, frequent collaborators, right? Um, Christopher yeah. Nolan has uh, Hans Zimmer, who he works with uh, Hans a lot. Zimmer, uh, who is it? Is it? Does he work with Janusz Kamin? No, that's uh, that's, that's Spielberg. That's Spielberg who works yeah. with him. Yeah. Um, um but. I can't. I can't remember the cinematographer that he works oh with. Oh my gosh, he worked with a different one for Gunkirk. With for Dunkirk, but he used the same one for the other ones. I forgot his name. Yeah. But um, or, and then you have Wes Anderson who works with people like Alexander Desplat, and yeah. you have people like Owen Wilson who work with him a lot, yeah. and like Willem Dafoe. Our, those actors. Um, the Coen Brothers were famous for always using Roger Deakins. Roger Deakins, yeah. yeah. Um, and so you have frequent collaborators that help with that. But at the end of the day, that's not the auteur. That's just those two people like working together, right? Yeah. Um, and so I don't think the I don't think auteur auteur theory is like garbage. I don't think it is. It's it, it is a good way to like look at films, but mm-hmm. people take it way too literally, I think. Yeah. And that's I like mean, the annoying thing. Especially like to just chalk up a film success to one person <laughs> and that's it. You're like, well, this guy, it's all him. You think and no one else. You think you think Wes Anderson is giving is like rewriting the score of Andre of Alessandro <laughs> Desplat. Yeah. You like, really think no. he's doing that? No. No. <laughs> it's just like acknowledge that there are like a ton of other people that help collaborate and like that's the, that's the thing I hate that we all hate about auteur theory is that yeah. it minim- it feels like it, it's minimizing. Yeah, I mean um, and we've both worked on films before and even we've worked on student films where we have to do a lot more than like yeah. in the Hollywood business. Yeah. But even then, you watch the film and you're like, wow, everything that this person, this one person did was like was really good. Right. Yeah. And it's not you, it's <laughs> your collaborator. The collaborators, yeah, the yeah. collaborators right? Yeah. And so that's our big problem with Auteur Three. And that's why we think it's, it's honestly kind of a meme. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so true. Um, but uh, that's. Part of the reason that Jordan Peele is so beloved. Yes. In uh, any of my tour classes or sections, we had, um, I was doing a, um, oh, I forget which, uh, it was like a film theory class. And when we got to tour theory, we literally watched us and talked about Jordan Peele. Mm -hmm. It is like, 
Jordan Peele is the one that a lot of people see as like leading the charge. And I think it's mostly because he's just like a well-known name. Yeah. And like, and we all freaking love Keen Peele. You're so funny. It's so, dude, the, the country music one. <laughs> so good. I think honestly, one of the most underrated Key and Peele sketches, which is so ironic because of what Jordan Peele's doing now, is this one where they have a director who's directing this like gangster movie. And they have two black actors. <laughs> one of them is like, like someone who is like actually in a gang and this other one is this British black actor and then the director's like who's played by Colin Hanks which is hilarious (laughs) they do shoot the scene and he's like you know hey hey you're really doing really well he's like oh righto thanks Bon and then then he's like to the other guy who's like actually has lived experiences in the gang he's like you know you're just not coming through you know It's, it's not it's not great and then he's like, see, look at him. He's like, but he's like, I actually lived in like a gang. I have like lived experience. He's like, can you just do what he does? And it's so <laughs> funny because now he works with Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> it's like, a, it's a British, a British black, black actor. actor. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Dude, um, like those sketches. I mean, sh- I think that was like high school when I really started watching them, right? Yeah. The substitute teacher, of the course. The substitute teacher, A.A. Ron. Like, <laughs> that sketch, like, lives in my brain. Um, yep. And like, so, oh my, or, um, slap ass. Slap ass. Slap ass. Slap ass is the guy great. In the, the guy in the baseball team that yep. has to slap <laughs> Yeah. And then so Hangle McCringleberry, of course. Oh, my God. All the, the East-West Bowl. The East-West like, Bowls the, are, like... The player formerly known as Mouse Cop. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, there. And, you know, they are one of the... I, I, taught, I taught a comedy class at Rice, and they're, like, some of the people that I really think do racial humor the best. Yeah, It's, like, the f- perfect balance of, like, for their particular race, it's, like, there's, like, things within them that they touch on that, like, you know, people who are black are going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that's totally true, where it's, like, kind yeah. of a little bit self-deprecating, but it's also, like, speaking out and showing how stupid white people are at the same time, yeah. you know? And it's, like, the perfect balance of that because mm-hmm. a big problem that you have with racial humor nowadays, especially in the early days, is, like, for me, someone who's Indian would go up and do, like, an Indian accent or something, and then all these white people would, like, laugh, but they aren't laughing at the jokes. They're, They're laughing, laughing at, at the, the fact that you're doing an accent. Yeah. And Bo Burnham has this really awesome thing in uh, his first special Words, Words, Words. He was like... Um, Oh, everyone's laughing at the guy with the Chinese accent. And it's funny because he has a Chinese accent. And it's like, well, that's not what people are laughing at. People are laughing at the fact that, like, that's super racist, right? Um, And so that's really sad because it's basically you are the person of color breaking through into a white audience. But then you're just, like, having them laugh at you, which is extremely racist. No, I mean, it's... Right? (laughs) I mean, it's it's almost, like, similar. This is going to sound weird. But uh, Mm -hmm. it's, like, similar, like, when you see, like... Asian actors always in like kung fu movies. Oh yeah, right where mm-hmm. it's like, or they're like the kung fu guy in yeah. the white movie or something. Like yeah, that. or like literally Michelle Yeoh in Minions. Oh my god, so <laughs> sad. Like literally, so, she yeah. had one of the greatest representations of Asian actors this year, and then straight into, into the most straight one of into the, the most like dog tokenized yeah. like shit I've ever seen in it's, my life. It, like yeah, um, but it's it's like very similar where you're like oh, I know them for doing it. Like, it's not, you're not like seeing, you're seeing them as like the stereotype that you knew. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- that was something Key and Peele started doing and they kind of pioneered that type of sketch comedy. Yeah. Which turned into 
like leeching into stand up in a good way, right? Yeah. Well, so. yeah. And um, anyway, like that's like what got us all like knowing who he is. And then we heard that he has a film coming out. Um, and, and we were like, Jordan Peele's a director now? Okay, yeah. well, well, this is probably going to be like any other person that transitions from acting or comedy to, um, to, um, to directing. It's probably going to be pretty crap. Yeah. And, and then he put out Get Out. Which, you know. Is maybe, at least in modern debuts, maybe the best debut I've ever seen. It is the best film debut ever by anyone. Holy crap. I, I'll say it. I'll say it. Oh, this no. is one of those definitive things where I really cannot think of a single other director aside from, I guess, Spielberg, mm-hmm. if you count Jaws as his first film, which I don't. Oh, come on. No. <laughs> You're going to count the TV movie? Yes. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you're not. Is Jaws a better debut than Get Out? Yeah, probably. Okay, then. But if you're talking about historic... Here's the thing. We haven't let Get Out... Okay, well, what if, you know, Key directed... uh, Or, sorry, Jordan Peele directed freaking, like, Keanu with him and... and, and, But he didn't direct it. Okay, fine. But, like, like, what if he made, like, a TV short? Would you call that his his director? What if he directed a couple of shorts in Key Peele? You don't count the Spielberg... (laughs) <laughs> you getting so defensive you're so, counting the tv so, movie so right now the TV so right mo- now the TV here's what i'm going to tell you okay. let's say vince gilligan right now went out and directed a film would you call that his directorial debut film directorial debut would you call that his directorial debut it's film directorial debut. would you call that his directorial debut yeah you would <laughs> Yeah. You would say, this guy's never made anything before. He's never made any sort of filmmaking stuff before. This is his first thing. Wow, he really nailed that on his first thing. To give you guys content, Vince Gilligan is the guy who's created and written and directed a ton of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's his director. You're just sticking Shut to your up. guns. Shut up. <laughs> Come Fine, on. we'll say we'll say it. I'll back down. Spielberg's directorial debut was Jaws, and that's the greatest directorial debut of all time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I was right. You were wrong. Oh. <laughs> Are you happy? Got him. <laughs> anyway, so Jordan Peele releases what is the second best directorial debut. I hate that. I hate that so much. Um. Okay. No. And also, it. <laughs> It's really good. It's inc- it's actually incredible. And it's one of those movies that never comes out. And I know we no. say that sometimes. We say that about everything everywhere all at once. It's one of these movies that never comes out. This is also one of those movies that never comes out. And you can tell that nobody wanted it to come out because of all the freaking product placement in the movie from like Windows phones and crap, that's, right? That is very true. Right? They had to pay for it somehow. Yeah. And yeah. that's how they did it. Well, I think it was Blumhouse. It was Blumhouse a, that did, yeah. Well, yeah. But so, Blumhouse was like nobody at that time. Yeah. Mm, like, no, Blumhouse. Blumhouse, Blumhouse is, is much bigger. J- Jason now than Blum it was. was someone. Jason yeah. Blum was, was but someone. But his like but, Blumhouse itself. Yeah, was it, not it was. Really it, anything this was one time. of the first like big Blumhouse movies. And I and I've said it a couple times. I think on the podcast, I love the the Blumhouse model mm-hmm. of we're just going to give you ten million dollars, um, which you know pretty small budget relatively. Like thirty million is considered mil- mid budget, so ten is like 
pretty, pretty averagely small. Mm-hmm. Um, Moonlight is like a million. That's tiny. Uh, yeah. But like Blum, the Blumhouse models, we're just going to give you $10,000 to a talented director and see what you do. And we don't care. And there's no studio you intervention. Just do whatever you want. Just do what you want. And um, that works sometimes, right? We, well, when you give it to someone who's actually got a lot of talent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what happened with Get Out. Because this is one of the most unique movies ever directed. That's true. Or written. I don't know how anyone could come up with this. I'm going to be honest. It's pretty great. It's insane. If you tried to explain this movie to someone who's never seen it. Like, Get Out's become very popular now. So, yeah, you don't really need to explain it. But, like, I still remember when it came out and we saw it. And we were like, we were like, it was really good. They're like, what's it about? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's super it's like, weird. It's like, guess who's coming to dinner except less racist. <laughs> And it makes fun of the race. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And Get Out came out. And this is one of the most culturally significant films to come out in the 21st century. That's true. Yeah. Because we talked about this last week in our overrated or underrated. But um, it, there's a, a million movies that talk about racism, right? Mm-hmm. Very common topic. But this is like the f- probably the first film since maybe um, Spike Lee's uh, "Do the Right Thing." Do the right thing, yeah. That like has talked about it in such a poignant way, in such a long-lasting message. Yes, and it also talked about a type of racism that still no one has talked about yeah. in film, at least. People have talked about it in stand-up, but people have not talked about it in film, yeah. which is this idea of cultural fetishism. Yeah. Right. And that is, it's a really racy, wow, wow, puns. It's a really, really kind of uncomfortable topic to talk about is this idea of white people kind of doing, making weird comments and like very weird observations and feelings towards people of color. Yeah. They're like almost making up for the fact that they're like, I feel bad because I'm white. So I'm just going to like do these things. But then it turns into more racism of you being like, I like you, you like talk about things that are just weird. And that movie is so uncomfortable because of the way that it handles that. Black is in style. Black is in fashion. Right. That's what he says. Oh my gosh. Um, and it's so uncomfortable. It yeah. is so uncomfortable. This is one of those movies that handles tension and suspense so well. This is one of those movies that, like, there's parts that are painful to watch. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's, again, it is, it is talking about, like, that racism on, like, on, like the front, like, the, the front side of it. And then that's, like, the best. These are the type of movies that I love the most, which is, as soon as you can see those layers and you start to peel them back, it becomes much more complex, right? Because um, I think on the on like the surface, talking about that issue, putting it bold, like just bold in front of everyone, that's very important. It's just like this is something that happens. Everyone should be more aware of it. Yeah. Um, but then as soon as you like kind of delve deeper into like the surface, like underneath the surface of it, and you get into things like um, uh, like Chris's trauma. Yeah. Um, the the sunken place, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
just like the the generational kind of racism that yeah. like they're talking about too. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different themes involved with like racism against black people in particular, um, yeah. in in America, um, in particular. That is, it just makes this movie like an actually like a treat to really like dive into yeah. and find all those layers. And one of my favorite favorite lines in this movie was right before the surgery happens. Also, we're going to just spoil it. If you haven't seen Get Out, what are you doing? What it, yeah, what actually, are you doing? Where what have you been? <laughs> doing with your career as someone who kind of likes movies? What? Where have you been? Like seriously, if you haven't seen this movie, this is this is the next thing you need to watch. I don't care what show you're watching. I don't care about any of that. Yeah. Just take 2 hours out of your day, watch that movie. It's wildly entertaining. It's not. Yes. It's very fast paced. Um, You're not going to be bored. You will never <clears throat> be bored. You will, like. You, there's plenty of points to like genuinely laugh hard. It's very easy to follow too. Yeah. Very easy to follow. Um, anyone with half a brain could figure out this movie. It's it's fantastic. Like it is. I will. I think this might be like the best film we've talked about on the podcast. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like Honestly. actually. Um, yeah. It's, it's that good. It's a top ten movie for me, uh, ever. Yeah, <laughs> and so I hope that makes a makes a difference. So, but anyway, one of my favorite mo- one of my favorite lines from this movie is right before the surgery happens, and he's in the basement, and he's talking to the person who's going to take his body. Yeah, and he goes, "No, here's the thing. I couldn't care less what what color you are. That do- that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. All I want is your eyes." And that's what it is. And basically what it is, is it's this white person who's saying, look, look, okay, I'm not like these other people. I'm not like fetishizing black people. That's not what I'm doing. That's not mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Because like, if you were white and had your eyes, I would still do this. Yeah. Right? That's what I would do. But that's a flawed way of thinking. Because here's the thing. Because he is rich and he is white, he's in a privileged situation where he can have that opportunity, mm-hmm. can have the opportunity to basically oppress. Yeah. So it's almost him trying to save face and him not accepting his own privilege. Yeah. And I think that's so smart. That's just such a smart way of including that because yeah. he's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't talk about me. I'm not a racist. I'm not a racist, right? It's the it's like the highest form of that of that like racism that's been so like on the surface yeah. of this entire movie. It's the highest form of, I'm not racist, here's this racist thing I'm doing. Exactly. You know, where it's like, I just, like, where it's the unacknowledgement of privilege. Something that, like, has become, like, a hotter topic, yet people still mm-hmm. seem to not understand it. People don't understand it. They're like, I'm being patronized because I'm white. And I'm like, okay. Okay, guy. Okay, white guy. Settle, settle down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's one of my favorite moments in that movie because it's so smart, it's so well delivered, mm. and it's like short enough to the point where it's like not impeding the actual story that's going on, but it's like adding another layer of it's, commentary. It's like we said this this movie is is, is like an ogre, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> And ogres uh, are like onions. onions. They have layers. Layers. <laughs> layers. And peeling each layer 
of that ogre back. <laughs> <laughs> Did we really just compare Get Out to Shrek? Please tell no, me we didn't do No, that. I use the Shrek reference to talk about Get Out. <laughs> You're welcome. Great. Thank you. We needed that. That is what we needed right now. <laughs> what would you prefer to say? This movie is like an onion. <laughs> so no. um, anyway. But like, that's the point, right? Is It's what I was talking about. There's so many different layers that mm-hmm. you can dive into. Um, my favorite is got to be The Sunken Place. I think The Sunken Place. Um, I was telling Keisha about this. Like, if, if I, like when I was in um, my film um, classes and I was looking up um, kind of like a more of um, like Freudian analysis, mm-hmm. I think was maybe something I was doing at the time. Um, and I was looking up like papers on JSTOR and there is so many things about the sunken place. Mm-hmm. Like so many people have written it. You talk like there are whole classes about the sunken place. Mm-hmm. It's one of these concepts that is so deep and so complex and represents or, or could represent so many things because that's like, it's never explained. It leaves it all up to you in your in like the context that's giving you. Yep. Um, it's it is one of the most interesting concepts I think I've ever seen in a in a film or at least a modern film. Um, and it's just done like excellently visually and mm. um, yeah. And everything in the filmmaking adds to it. Exactly. For example, the score. There's this big orchestral, so it goes <gasps> boom, and then. And then, like, this huge, like, yearning orchestral melody comes out. Mm-hmm. And that's all you hear. Yeah. You don't hear anything else. Yeah. And then all you see, it switches between a side shot of, like, all the way back. And then it goes to a close-up. A P- and, then it, and then it's, like, a POV. POV. And then a side shot. Yeah. And then a, and it's... Then it's that scene, that whole scene, I, like, rewatched it this time and, like, paid attention to the camera movement and the editing. And that whole scene is actually incredible. Um, yeah. It is... It is so, so smart how, like, the ca- when the camera chooses to push in, like, how the editing is talking about who has the power in the scene. Yeah. If you, fo- like, if you follow all the different parts of that scene, Catherine Keener, like, always has the power. And then the camera is, like, starting from, like, more of a side view of her mm-hmm. to more of, like, a front-on angle. And then to one where she's right in line with him. And then he's always by himself. So it's like she's getting closer to him. It's just... Excellent, really well done. Excellent, excellent directing. Um, and you're yeah. you're right in the fact that it's like Jordan Peele kind of gives it up to you. At yeah. That point. What is this place? What is, like what does it represent to you? Um, and I think there's a lot of things that could be uh, the the point I've often heard talked about with the Sunken Place is that it's kind of that feeling when like a um, a person of color has like the power taken away from them mm-hmm. in like in like society. It's like when he when Chris is there in these moments with all these racist people and he can't say anything because he feels like he'd be impolite. Yeah. He just feels like he's in the sunken place. He has no power. Yeah. Um your power is just completely and your um <clears throat> and any ability to do anything about, you know, your own life seems like it's taken away from you. Yeah. Um and it's it's such a like a weird and creative way and yet so illustrative of how that must actually feel um it's it's seriously i think one of the most inventive poignant um and genuinely mean it brilliant like 
metaphors I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, it's it's so true. And I I haven't seen anything more creative and ambitious yeah. in terms of like a concept since then. Maybe everything ever all at once was more ambi- like very maybe, ambitious. Maybe like more ambitious, but I don't think it stuck the landing quite as no, well. As not as much, well as Get Out. Yeah. And this is the thing about Get Out that I think is super important to think about. When we talk about award season, there is a few months in the year where you have to release your film in order for it to actually be considered. Oh, yeah. And it is October, November, December. If it doesn't release then, it's very hard. September sometimes. September maybe. It's very hard January to- January sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like, like yeah. the January before the Oscars, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it has to have limited releases. Yes, so. exactly. Anyway, um, Get Out was so relevant that year. It came out- In March. In like March or February yeah. of that year. You want to hear something sad? Sorry, uh, that it, it came out the same week as Logan. Oh, I chose to see Logan. <laughs> oh, unfortunate, unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. and then I and then like uh, Jimmy guessed actually. He yeah. went he went to Get Out, and he's like, "You have to see this movie." See <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." Yeah, I saw it with Rishi. I think. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, you're right. It came out in March of what was it? 2019. 2017. 2017. Oh, Wait. Oh my. Yeah. 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 2017. 2017. Oh, 2019 was us. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Preview. Uh, but yeah, I think that there's that, and we could gush about this movie for literally an hour, probably. Uh, I mean, yeah, performances all incredible. All incredible. Daniel Kaluuya going from you know not really the guy from that one Black Mirror episode to acclaimed actor yeah basically overnight um, at that I, point and he he won an oscar in 2020 right yep he did for judas and black messiah great yeah, movie great movie um no he like daniel kaluuya is he amazing actor now like yeah. in and like everyone that's and it's just based off of this one performance yeah pretty much every movie he's in he's like really really killing it i mean you know? again that scene like the the sunken place scene mm-hmm. his performance is like his performance is insane. Yeah. It's insane. It it's um, one of those like subtle acting pieces, right? Where it's not yeah. like this big over the top kind of Al Pacino moment rather than it's like. All of his work is subtle. Is very subtle. Yeah. All of his work is subtle. Well, you could say maybe the Fred Hampton performance is like bigger. Yeah. But like Fred Hampton was a bigger per. He's just. He was just a big. He was like a leader, right? Yeah. And so he needed to be bigger. Yeah. Right. Um, but he's able to do both, like the stuff. Like he just revealed himself as like a total powerhouse. Yeah. Um, and then he was in. I mean, like I think he was in a Steve McQueen movie in 2018 too. Yeah. He was in Widows. And he was the best performance in that movie. He was the best performance in Widows. He was barely in it, but when he was in it, he was freaky, man. I know. He well, was scary. He like, man, just like completely showed himself to be way bigger than anyone thought. Like a huge performance yeah. for him. Um, Catherine Keener's great. Catherine Keener's amazing. I, I only I think of Catherine her, Keener. I used to think of her as the girl from the 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But Catherine Keener's been in a lot of other things. She's been in so many other things. Catherine Keener's um, really great. Bradley Whitford, fantastic. She's so good. S- like, delivers maybe the most memorable line for me of yeah. this movie, which is, I would have voted Obama, for Obama, Obama for a third, third time. time. <laughs> and Jordan Peele did an interview and he was like, it's so funny because I use that line as like, a, oh, white people trying to, you know, connect with black people. 
And then what's ironic is that you know what's become the new I voted for Obama a third time. Is I've, like, seen I've seen Get Out. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all full that's circle. Awesome. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. <laughs> and I, the other thing that I think is just absolutely insane about this movie, everything's insane about this movie, but the ending specifically. Oh my gosh. The ending is a lot. Yeah, to be fair, the yeah, ending is a lot. I, I, there's a, a, a lot going on. A lot of great symbolism. Also, but, like th- throughout this entire movie, there's amazing symbolism. But well, whatever. But yeah, I really want to talk about the end, end, like the very last scene of the movie, because this shows how powerful imagery is. Mm-hmm. Right. We have Chris finally. Finally getting out. Ah, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He got out of the house and he's ready to leave. Then you see red and blue lights. And And I remember... And he's like like choking... um, What's her name? Um, I forget her name. Uh, The the girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah, his girlfriend. The girlfriend. Yeah. Right? And he's choking her. And then you see the red and blue lights. And then you're like, no. Uh, that is what I said yeah. when I saw that the first time. I was like, no. Because yeah. we all thought the same mm. exact thing. Yeah. All we saw were two, two colors of light. That's nuts. And that everyone thought the same thing. Yeah. Which is insane, right? It shows how smart Jordan Peele and like the, you know, the props people and the cinematographer is. Yeah. With capturing that moment that he got everyone to think the exact same thing which is this guy is about to get arrested because of all of this crap because of racism yeah right Mm -hmm. because the police are racist right I said it it's been it's been shown it's been Uh, shown many times many times yeah um and and I think that the way that they ended it because there's two endings to this movie just so you know there's an alternate ending it's a lot more depressing yeah um but the end of this movie it isn't that mother motherfucking rod Rod. (laughs) comes back is rod ts motherfucking a which shout outs to not tsa because i hate them but anyway anyway um no no it's because it leads to the best punchline of the movie he's like uh, i forget what the setup is but he's just like um ts Motherfucking, Motherfucking A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the other thing about Get Out is it like it blends the humor and the horror so yes, freaking well. It blends it so well. And a lot of that is because like they're able to just shove a lot of it on Rod, mm-hmm. who is hilarious. He's so funny. It's so funny. Like the part where he goes to the cops, he's like, I think they're using this guy for some sex slave shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then she like brings other people and then she's like, and then she's like, and they all just like sit and laugh at him. And he's just sitting there and he's like, depressed. It's so funny. Like they're able to put a lot of the humor and, and make it go through yeah. Rod. Um, and that helps a lot with, um, I mean, that ju- it just helps. Um, yeah, it, it really you know, does. you don't have to break up the tension with, with humor, y- like the tension in the moment with humor. You can cut somewhere else mm-hmm. where like you feel a little safer um, and like you kind of are able to take a little breath with Rod. And that's just and it's a pretty 
smart way to use um to or to break that up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I I just, you know, I think that this is a really I have like no quarrels or problems with this one. I'm going to be honest. I really don't. I've seen this movie probably 11 times now at this point. I really like this movie. Mm -hmm. And every time I like it, probably more. Um, I don't know. Um, I thought the only time the thing I thought in this one was like the grandparents, once you know the story that they're like living in in these other people's bodies. And so like the grandparents, they just act super, super weird and off-putting. And I know it's to service Chris feeling uncomfortable. And, like, the first time you watch it, they're probably the weirdest part. Yeah. Um, but, like, I don't think you had to do that, right? They're black servants at a white home. You know, if you just have them act normal. Not necessarily, like, still talk like white people, obviously. But just, like, act a little more normal and not, like, so, like, awkwardly smiley the whole time. I think that's. I think that would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, they're 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 so off putting and uncomfortable for like for once you get know the twist feels like just to just to be weird. Yeah, and and I never like that stuff. Fine, I I'll uh, give it to you. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna like that. It's like it's okay to like have elements in there that are just like for to be like kind of weird and draw parallels like the deer. Yeah, the deer represents something for Chris clearly, but like it's m- not very related to like the thematic elements. It's kind of just drawing a parallel to like the beginning. Yeah, um, and like to to his um trauma with the car accident. Car but accident, it but yeah. it works to like really make like a weird vibe and feeling and and for his character. Um, right. Yeah. So that's not like relating to the overall themes, but it's good. Them being weird is just kind of them being weird. Yeah. I guess I have one problem, and I need to ask you something as a white person yourself. Okay. Okay. Do do white people really eat cereal? No. Like like that. No. Like 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 no like, no, like, no, like, no no no. Buy no, no. buy one piece and then drink milk through a straw. Is that a mm. white person thing? <laughs> no. Um. First of all, I have. I sometimes do eat Fruit Loops specifically <laughs> without milk. Sometimes I just like grab a box of Fruit Loops and I snack on Fruit Loops. Never eat cereal without milk. It's just like eating toast without anything. It's like it's most like, people just like dry toast. Okay, you know what? It's like eating a fruit flavored cracker. You okay? It's strange. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm, like I've done that before. I've never done like Fruit Loops and milk. So if I'm gonna have milk, I'm gonna have my Fruit cereal Loops and, and milk. The milk. No, it's <laughs> no. Um, That's a problem. It's a it's a horrible movie. <laughs> they're a little. They're, they're like <laughs> they're the tiniest nitpicks I can th- I could think. Like, but it's like that's like a. I just say that because a, a good twist is something that works outside of um, like when you know it and when you don't. A good twist should like work really well on rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of it does. There's just like that one thing in particular. I was like, it's kind of weird. Um, and I don't know how well it works with a twist. Anyway, tiny thing. Yeah. Still amazing movie. An incredible movie. Yeah. And the WGA actually talked about the greatest screenplays of the 21st century and Get Out was number one. Jeez. Um, which. I mean, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I can't argue. I mean, maybe there will be blood. Maybe. I mean, I'm going to argue Moonlight for everything. Moonlight but. and Social Network, I guess. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Right. But 
I don't know. It's it's. I mean, Get Out is it's a great choice. Or and and that's and that's okay. Again, we've gushed about it, and almost all of the credit does go to Gordon, go to Jordan Peele. Yeah, right for that for that. Um, so Jordan Peele is the one who spearheaded this. He was the he was the main writer. I don't was well, he the only writer of this? Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing: is that also with this movie, I don't think it even would have been produced. Yeah. If Jordan Peele wasn't a famous person. Yeah, exactly. Right before this movie came out. Because everyone thought of him as Jordan Peele, the guy who was on Key and Peele, right? Yeah. The, the player formerly known as Mouse Cup. That's <laughs> right. Um, but but now everything has changed, right? And Jordan Peele got this movie funded. I don't think if some no name brought this movie to somewhere that they would be like, Oh yeah, let's do it, right? Probably yeah, wouldn't have happened. Probably not. Um no, it's Jordan Peele. That he is famous. He got it funded, and he made an incredible movie. Yeah. Um, and it also like it kind of set up some things that we were like, I wonder if these are gonna be hallmarks for Jordan Peele, which is, um, like ex like really really, um, exciting camera work and yeah. um, a twist in in the horror and like comedy that's like mixed in with the horror. Well, um, yep. You know and. Sorry, and when you can put those director hallmarks, especially um, with a film, then that's when we start thinking about auteur theory. Yep. And this movie was a... He just threw my name tag away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This movie was a overnight hit, basically. Yeah, it was huge. Everyone was seeing it. It came back to theaters. After already releasing on Blu-ray, which, it, got an, it got an Oscar nomination like almost a year after coming out. After coming out, exactly right. I think it's almost set the record for the yeah. like oldest movie to be nominated nominated yeah. on a year for Oscars, right? Um, so and it won. It won best original screenplay that year, which yeah. it lost the Shape of Water for best picture, which I'm not mad about because I do like that movie. Yeah. I think I liked Shape of Water better that year, but over time I liked Get Out more. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, um, uh, that movie was I really think good I, year for movies, though. It was great. Oh my gosh, that's that movie cool. that year we had Dunkirk come out that year. Get Out, Shape of Water. What else came out that year? What else? Came out? Uh, Logan came out, which I know is not an Oscar. Logan, movie, but that it was really good. Lady Bird came out awesome. that year. Lady Bird. Yeah, twenty seventeen was one of those. It was a magical year. Amazing years yeah. for movies. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, it's like 2017 and 2014. 2014, that was a great. 2014 was amazing. Whiplash. Whiplash, La La Land, La La- Moonlight. No, La La Land was 2016. Oh, 2016. Damn it. It was 2016. La La Land and oh, Moonlight yeah. came out the same year. Oh, that yeah, was a good year. Yeah. But 2014 was good because we had that. We had Birdman come out, I think, that year, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, 2014, we had Birdman. Um, yeah, it was an amazing year. Yeah, that was a good year. I'm blanking on other ones, but it was a good year. <laughs> Trust, All right. Trust oh, me. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. Wait. wait. Oh, yeah, because it was Birdman and Whiplash. Uh huh. And oh shoot, 2014 was great. Um, 2014, 20, Grand Budapest Hotel. That was that Grand Budapest. That year, yeah, that came out that year. Um, anyway, okay, this is Oscar shit. <laughs> Chef came out that year. That was a good movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but um, the other thing is, the Oscars like horror used to be the premier Oscar category. Mm-hmm. Um, very famously, the last movie to win the Big Five, which is Best Picture, Director, Best Actress, Best Actor, and Best Screenplay. Screenplay. Um. Um, best original screenplay in particular. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah. The, um, all of the last movie to win all five of those was Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Um, I guess adapted screenplay. 
But um, yeah. horror used to be the premier Oscar category because horror has always, always, always um, historically been about more than just like the scary thing on screen. It's not meant, it is meant to scare you um, less in like a jumpy way, mm-hmm. which is what it's become and much more in a society um, way. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, again, a famous example is Night of the Living Dead, the first like real zombie movie. Um, that movie is really underrated, IMO. It's, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. That movie is very famously about racism. Super ahead of its time. Incredibly really ahead, ahead of its, of its time. time. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it, they are the premier category. Um, Silence of the Lambs is kind of about what Silence of the Lambs is about, but, yeah. it, but, <laughs> but it's just so insanely well-directed and yeah. has maybe the best like 10 minutes of screen time by any one actor yeah. ever. Shoutouts to uh, Anthony Hopkins. Name any t- like there's no sh- performance that short that is that impactful in all yeah. in all of film. Yeah. Um, is it transphobic? Yes. Yes. For we sure. don't we don't want to <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um <laughs> but but it is an incredibly well directed movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um anyway, get out it felt like a return to form for that. Yes. Because it was the first kind of horror movie to come out. Because in the mid-2000s and early 2010s, mm. we're getting things like The Conjuring, which isn't... I don't hate The Conjuring. I, I think, think The it's, Conjuring is a... It's like a popcorn movie. It's yeah, like it's like it's a, a Marvel movie for movie. horror. Yeah, right? Yeah. I think it's that. And we kind of got less away from, like, really, really heavy emphasis on, like, acting, directing, and... Exactly. Cinematography and, and you know, production design, and now, that sort of thing. And now we've got, like, again, my two favorite horror directors now are Jordan Peele and Ari Aster. Which are two very recent directors, right? Exactly. We had films like Get Out, Come Out, Hereditary, Midsummer, mm-hmm. um, all having huge impacts for yeah. horror as a genre. We're returning to that prestige horror type of filmmaking. And and horror has also famously been a huge auteur um, medium. Yeah. So it's... Like that's why everyone got so excited after Get Out, and they were so anticipated, um, anticipating what would come next, and what came next was quite a letdown. It was us, and was it a letdown? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, and like it's us is a, us is a letdown. Um, it's, is it okay? Just want to put it out there. Us is a good movie. It is better than ninety percent of the movies that are put out. <laughs> okay, we just don't want to like. We don't want to start with this shit. It's just like, A, our expectations were high, as they should be. You know, I think we're all pretty valid for th- for having high expectations for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to not set these super high expectations because Get Out was so good. Exactly. Like, I think Us was probably my most anticip- anticipated movie of 2019. I wouldn't be surprised if it was at that point because it was just like... What's he going to do next? Yeah. Like... It was so how's up it, in the air. How's he going to tap it? Like, how's he going to top it? You don't, yeah. So, you know, it came out, and I remember really liking it the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I was like, I like this less, but it's still good. And then in this most recent rewatch, I was like, it's fine. I remember thinking it was really good on my first watch. Um, and then my second watch, I watched it for class because we were talking about Jordan Peele. Um, mm-hmm. And it, like, I, I was actually, like, trying to analyze and, like, really dig deep into it. Um, 
And I was like, this movie is not as complex as it kind of thinks it is. Yeah. You know? And that's probably my biggest problem with it. Is that I was saying this and I think that it is a really pretentious movie. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of... It's almost like this... The intrigue and mysteriousness of the sunken place he tried to do here. Yeah, with the hands across with the America. With the hands across America, right? Yeah. And I just don't think it worked as well. No. And there's another thing he does in, um, in Nope. I, I think that is trying to get at the same level and does it much more effectively. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, but um, it's it, it, the hands across America thing. It just feels like it's one note that he's hitting really, really hard. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like there's any ogre there to peel back. Yeah. I do want to <laughs> say, though, there is gonna one... I'm just going to no-sell my ogre. <laughs> Come. Hate you. Hate you so much. I do, <laughs> do want to say that there was one absolutely incredible thing in this movie that was overlooked that year, and I was so mad about it. And it's it. Lupita Nyong'o. Lupita Nyong'o is so good in this movie. Oh, my God. She's so good. Movie... We always knew she was an incredible actress. Like, she was in 12 Years a Slave, and hey. she, like, oh. Oh. made me cry oh, a so... million times in that movie. Sorry, you just uh, you just mentioned 12 Years a Slave, so I just have to take a moment of silence to think about that. <laughs> that is, I think Great that movie. that movie's in my top 10. Wow. I would say top 20 for me, but... I don't know if you've seen it recently, but it's kind mm -hmm. of perfect. I might have to. I watched it when I was like 15, so I probably need to watch it as like Them, a 22-year-old. Keshav, we'll talk after. <laughs> like, it, I, I rate that movie... I rate that movie up there with like some Kubrick movies. Whoa. Steve McQueen is a really talented director. Steve, I, no, Steve McQueen, I think, is... I have high hopes for a lot of directors... Um, like you know, as we talk about this, um, about like directors that we that we really love and anticipate their movies. Um, last thing I'll tell you, and we'll move on. Mm -hmm. Steve, Steve McQueen is when Steve McQueen has a movie, I mark it on the calendar a year in advance. Like, like I'm seeing this. I've watched every Steve McQueen film I've watched. Widows is probably the least interesting one I've watched, mm -hmm. but um, when oh, Steve him doing something different. When yeah, he's trying to do something different, and that's okay. But like when Steve McQueen directs like a, a heavy drama, he's one of the few directors that I will trust with like the heaviest subjects imaginable because he actually knows how to do them well. There's a scene. Okay, sorry, sorry, real quick. Um, real. I'll try. I'll breeze through it. So Steve McQueen directed a movie um called Hunger with Michael Fassbender. Yeah, and, you told me about this. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a 20 minute shot in that movie of Michael Fassbender. And the uh, the Irish dude um, who's with Stannis Baratheon from mm -hmm. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a 20-minute scene, Davos, of, yeah. <laughs> of Michael Fassbender and Davos having a conversation. And it's one shot. Jesus Christ. It just stays on them having a conversation. It is, it's like one stable shot with them at a table. That's it. Wow. It is, it is an incredible movie. Um, Steve, Steve McQueen, I rate incredibly high. Sorry. Um, yeah. Well, Lupita Nyong'o was in Twelve Years a Slave, and then she was also in like some other things that yeah. I can't remember, like Black Panther. Yeah, she's. You <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> don't hate Black Panther. Black Panther is good. Wait, Black Panther is good. I don't know why. I just always think of Shuri saying, "What are those?" And it's, <laughs> it's just cringe. It's yeah. Just anyway, um, so we see her in this movie and she's just acting her heart out 
you know. <laughs> They're absolute hard out. It's amazing. Yeah, she. this performance is so difficult to do. Oh, my God. Like, the part where she... Um, okay, spoilers. Um, <laughs> as if you didn't know. Um, we rate this one less high, so, you know, see it if you want. And if, you, if, you, if you like some horror... This one's more horror than Get Out, it's like, probably. It's like... I don't know. I think you can skip us unless you're really interested in Jordan Peele. Um, it's it's not it's not bad. Like you'll definitely yeah probably like it. Uh, <laughs> but very definitive. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably like it. Um, yeah, no, but like the part like right towards the end where um she kills the the double, mm-hmm. and she like she has like that like feral like yeah <laughs> yeah like it's. It's like disturbing, yeah, and shocking, and like all the stuff that she does is like her counterpart is disturbing and shocking. It's very scary, yeah. Um, and so she just gives an amazing performance. I was so sad that she wasn't nominated. She, she, like freaking Renee Zellweger won that year. Freaking freaking Judy. We don't talk about it. That's stupid. Okay. Anyway, biopic. The fucking biopics. <laughs> um, we don't. Okay, we don't talk about it. But uh, no, like Lupita Nyong'o is amazing. I think a lot of. The, I think actually, this is one of the few times I'm going to heavily praise child actors. Oh, they did so Holy well. Holy oh crap! God. These two. Holy oh, crap! Great. Like yeah, I harp on child actors because it's and it's not even the child like the children that we harp on. It's the casting director. It's like. Find kids that can that can act. Yeah, because like you can't blame them for not being good at acting. No, I think they're like seven. I right? know. What they, are you gonna do? <laughs> they haven't had like the amount of. Not everyone's gonna be Leonardo DiCaprio and what's even Gilbert Grape. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seriously, like it, it is really hard to to find good children actors, and these two are they're fantastic, freaking great. Yeah, all of the acting in this movie is really quite good. I would say God, Elizabeth Moss is so annoying. I love it. Yeah, it's great, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like the white woman. Great, <laughs> and she gets um, killed while fuck the police. And, and, <laughs> and Winston Duke, aka Mbaku, who's just the best character. Winston in the Duke MCU. is just like so funny. Yeah, like, he's so great. Mm. I, I just he's very good. All his, the his comedic timing is great in Black Panther too. So he's yeah, like he he's actually such a funny actor. Yeah. I love him. Um, but all the performances are really really good in this movie for sure. Yeah, Jordan Peele. Actually, that's a pretty. Um, consistent among all the Jordan Peele films now. I mean, we could say as I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. Performances across the board are all fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, not even good. It's like they're all really, 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 really good. There's like, there's someone in each movie that is like standout fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then everyone else is just really, 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 great. really good. So, yeah. um, yeah. I mean, it's the thing about us though is that it's very vague in a lot of ways with a lot of its symbolism. Yeah. And sometimes, in terms of what it's trying to say, it gets in the way. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Um, um, and, the, and the message in us is just not... It's obviously not served you on a silver platter like it doesn't get out, right? No, no. Which I'm fine with. I'm, I don't need every movie to show me what it means. But give us the tools to figure it exactly. out. Exactly. And yeah. with us, it felt like... It was almost like he just put a bunch of things in a movie and was like, figure it out. Yeah. Um, like the, like the, there are things where you can come to, it's like the sunken place is really, really good because it's this central thing that you're not quite sure. 
mm-hmm. like what the exact meaning is. You can get to because like, it's never given you on a silver platter, right? And you can pick at it and you can figure out like what is is he trying to do with this. In us, there's a lot of things like that. There's a lot of things we're not quite sure what it's directly relating back to, right? Like the rabbits. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I think that could be, you know? Yeah. They're um, caged, right? They're, they're caged. It could relate to the prison they're industrial white. complex. They're all white. They're all, they're all white. Um, but like, it, there's a lot of messages and like a lot of symbols like wrapped up in that one thing that mm-hmm. is so hard for you to devise what it is. And then if you try to use that to contextualize something else in there and you don't have the right like meaning with the rabbits and it's going to screw up everything, it's really hard to piece together the different points yeah. in that way. Yeah. And... Another thing about us that just really frustrates me is like the message that it's trying to give gets lost mm-hmm. because I really do like what it's trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? In um, my opinion. You know, it's, it's talking about like people who have had their lives mm-hmm. stolen from them because mm-hmm. of they, went to, they went to prison. Yeah. Right? Like in, um, and that's and like I mostly get that from like the handcuffs that Lupita Nyong'o's put in, mm-hmm. and they're all wearing orange jumpsuits the whole time. Yep. And then the other thing is, is that like, right? Who's the people that put them down in this hole? Mm. The government. The government. Right? Yeah. Right. And so it, it's that is a message that I think is really poignant, yeah. but it's getting lost. Yeah. Within all of the other stuff that he's putting in. Yeah. Right. Stuff like the rabbits. Stuff yeah. like. Hands Across America, stuff like the scissors, stuffs mm. like, you know, yeah, all of that. There are these like motifs that mm-hmm. are like clearly symbols that he wants to do something with. He wants you to, to put some meaning to them. And all the meanings you can put are just so up in the air. They, you just, you, it, it muddles the very important message that I think he's trying to get across. Um, and like the other thing about us is, I feel like the tone is so much less consistent than Get Out. Yeah. Um, in like, especially the com the comedy in this one sometimes works great. Like, especially like, in the setups and like the beginning and when it's just the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are times when it the it that really really undercuts like a t- some tension. Like, there's a scene like where the like when the second family like first comes in, mm-hmm. and then like Winston Duke is like. If you want anything, you can have the boat. And then, like, the daughter's just like, no one cares about the boat, Dad. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like a callback to a joke. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just, it's so out of place. Um, and there's a couple moments like that. They're talking about, like, body counts and, yeah. Yeah, kind of weird. And then there is stuff that's really good, though. Like, I think one of the funniest moments is when the white family gets killed while Fuck the Police is playing, which is oh, pretty so funny. funny. Yeah. Like, like when they ask, they're the, like, yeah. call the police. Playing. Fuck, fuck the, the police. police. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... No, that's great. Yeah. That's really, really great. Um, the, it, Like, that's Jordan Peele, like, humor working yeah. right, right where it should be, right? Where it's yeah. disturbing and funny. Um, yeah, and again, even talking about it, I think we're shitting on it too much uh, because, like, genuinely, it is a pretty good movie, right? It's it, pre- it is. It is. And it, it is. it's very scary. I will say it is scary. The first time that I saw it, it was pretty scary. Yeah. Um, second time, obviously I knew it was coming. So that's with any horror movie. Less. Um, (laughs) um, but, and it's, and it's still like very, very creative. Yeah. And it's original. And that's one thing about Jordan Peele that you have to give him credit for is that all of these are original ideas. 
everything is an original idea. He was offered to direct an Akira movie, I think. Um, the the manga and the anime. Akira. Yeah. Akira. Akira. Yeah. Oh. Um. So he was offered to do an adaptation of that, and he said no because he wanted to focus oh. on. Only doing original, original stuff. films, which I'm not saying adaptations he wanted are to, bad. He wanted to be the author of his. Oh, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, no. uh, but yeah, like he, he didn't really want to do any adaptations or, um, you know, franchises or stuff like that, yeah. which is fine. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that franchises or, or adaptations are good or bad. I mean, a bunch of my favorite movies are adaptations of something. But right? like he wanted to do originals and that's commendable and respectful because that's a huge risk. Yeah, it absolutely is. So, so yeah, no, shout out, shout out Jordan Peele for, for always doing that. Um, And like a lot of those trademarks are still there. Still like really, really fantastic. Hammer work. Mm-hmm. Um, The score in Us, I, I love incredible. It's really, Michael really Abel's was robbed for Get Out a nomination. I don't think he got nominated, which mm. is sad because there's that, the Siki Lisa. Yeah. You're right, that, um, which yeah. is really, really great. Um, And then in Us, it was also just great playing with themes from I got five on it, mm-hmm. right? You know, they use themes from that song throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, really great work. Um, and so again, it's not like it's bad. It's definitely good. It's just not as good as Get Out, and a lot of the the symbolism and motifs get in the way of the actual meaning. Um, and so yeah. it's a lot. It puts a damper on what it's trying to say. Yeah. Um, because it feels like it's just putting things out there for the sake of being out there. Yeah. Um, and, but like, here's also, I think, um, I think the twist like still works well. Yeah. And, um, it's a big twist. It's a, it's a big twist and it's, and it's again, it's like disturbing. Also great child performance, like young Lupita Nyong'o's mm-hmm. character. Yeah. She's great. Very um, good. Like, it's just, it, it's, it's a good twist. It works well. There's, um, there's like good action and, and like stunts yeah. and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Like there's, yeah, no, there's a lot of, uh, there's, it's sad at points. It's great. Um, Absolutely great. Oh, and great just soundtrack generally. Yeah. Like I love the, um, the, the, like that weird song that plays about, will you come? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. So there's a lot of things to like about us. And yeah, we did shit on a little bit, but um, it's, it's just a far, far less tightly constructed movie. Then get out. Like, when we're comparing like you know these like top tier like Oscar-ish movies Us is nowhere close no it's not it's really not and so you know it's it's okay not everyone has to be like the best thing ever since sliced bread right you know (laughs) Um, yeah Um, and so I think both of us were a little I know we said it was our most anticipated movie of the year but we were both probably a little cautious going into Nope because of what happened with us, there's there was there was hesitation. There um, was because we saw what happened with us, and you know, but you, there's hesitation. But it was still like, whenever someone puts out something that is that good, mm-hmm. you're always always going to hope that they can do it again. Yeah, because we love that movie. We love seeing anything that reminds us of that movie. So it's absolutely so. Um, so like. There was a lot of anticipation mixed with a small amount of hesitation mm-hmm. for um for nope. The trailers really didn't show much for this movie either until they released that second trailer. Oh, I hated that. 
Which I was, I kind of wanted it to just be. I know. It just had people looking up at the sky and I thought it was great. Yeah, but I know. I know. Uh, it's okay. But there was, there's a lot in this movie that wasn't in the trailer. Just want to put it out there. There's a, uh, a huge, consumer. huge moment. Oh and gosh. big part that is not in the trailer that is in this movie. Uh, and we're going to keep this very much non-spoiler for well, the first part. And, yeah, again, we're going to have to talk about spoilers. Spoiler and non-spoiler will, will be marked in the description. So, um, uh, Yeah, but we yeah. did see this one together. Yeah. Yay, at film we, scene. Wait, at film wait, scene. wait, before we get into it, how's your film scene experience? Okay, shout-outs to film scene. It gives me, like, a lot of ideas something that i really want to do when i'm older because i i'm probably not going to be going into the industry Ooh. for work sorry Masella. Masella. hey i'm an appreciator of movies and i loved making them and all that sort of thing and you're I'm, gonna be like doing someone's teeth you could be like so what's your favorite movie <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> no, no no i actually did a mock interview um for dental i'm going to dental school for people that don't know yeah hopefully um and so i did a mock interview dental school and i was like i'm a film major and he's like okay just be prepared Every single one of these people is going to ask you what your favorite movie is. Um, and I'm like, okay. So I'm going to be honest, but I have to like think about, we might talk about this later. What's a what's a good movie for me to say is my pr- favorite movie? Because I could say my favorite movie, which is Whiplash. But you could be like, my favorite movie is... The Godfather. Is I do not care for, for The, the Godfather. Godfather. <laughs> what? <laughs> what if I said that at every interview? <laughs> I did not care, care for, for The Godfather. Godfather. It insists. Shout-outs to Rishi, who did not, not care, care for the Godfather. Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, but no, genuinely, um, Film Scene is a non-profit movie theater mm. that's there. And that is just a cool concept to me. That's pretty great. Um, I, I think that's really awesome and really cool. Especially because like last night we got done with a show that we saw and I was just walking through the park and they were playing Singing in the Rain um, somewhere. And that was put on by them. It was free to the public, right? Um, and that's just cool stuff. They like, do like they do like uh, rooftop showings of mm-hmm. like old horror movies on 35mm too. It's, yeah, it's like people who really like movies and want other people to like movies too. Yeah, and they bring... And they film scene actually like they're the ones who like bring in like the foreign films and the small documentaries yeah. and like Marcel the shell is playing there right yeah. now. And, um, which looks cute. It looks, I, so I'm not, I'm not, it looks very cute, but I'm not interested. In I'm that. not interested in it. It looks really cute. Um, no, but, or like two weeks ago or so I saw, um, like a movie that was about like this dude in Ireland or no, in like yeah. the UK somewhere who like built a robot to be his friend. That's, it's a time. It, was, it looks like it was made for. You like, think that's playing at AMC before mm. Nicole Kidman? No. Yeah. No. It's <laughs> like film. Like film scene is. It's for. It's made by people who really love film, and it's for people who really love film. And yeah. It's, so, and it's trying to inspire that, and 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 the, the sound quality is amazing. It's, oh my god, the sound quality is so good. It's it's really really good. Yeah. Like the picture quality is really good. Like that's a brand new theater that they built yeah. and um it's like a Chauncey? Yeah, the Chauncey yeah. one that's brand new. Um I will say it's like a year and a half old. The and, chairs are less comfortable. 0 out of 10 experience. <laughs> 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 But yeah, I would recommend if anyone's yeah. in Iowa City, uh, go go to Film Scene, yeah. support them because it's pretty cool. Um, and Film Scene is where we saw Nope. Let's get into Let's nope. do it. Okay. Um, initial thoughts. Let's go back to the old format. Old format. Yeah. 
I really liked this movie. I really did. I don't care if people say that the more you think about it, the less you like it. But that was just me. I know. I've seen other people say that too. Oh, shit. I've seen other people say that too. That they say the more you think about it, the less you like it. I really liked this movie. I think it's the best movie I saw this summer so far. Mm-hmm. Um, even better than Top Gun, I would say. Um, oh, it's I think I, <laughs> you yeah. don't remember the other half of Top Gun that wasn't the action. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what the f- I don't like this narrative that's starting about Top Gun. <laughs> Before it was Top Gun, actually, actually no, I think I might have liked Elvis more than Top Gun. Uh, actually, nah, 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 no, I like Top Gun better than Elvis. No, I like Top Gun better than Elvis. Never mind. I don't like this narrative that Elvis doesn't have Tom Hanks. If you just cut out Tom Hanks, then maybe I'll like Elvis more than Top. Yeah. Oh, just the action of Top Gun versus just the Butler of Tom Hanks of of Elvis. What wins? The action of Top Gun. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's the yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, it's the best movie I've seen this movie uh, this summer so far. Um, performances are incredible. They're really great. Um, Kiki Palmer is very charismatic. Oh my god. Which is kind of funny. Oh Uh, my god. All I think of her is is Aquila in the Bee, right? (laughs) And True Jackson VP from Nickelodeon. Those are the two things I think of. I feel like, wait, was she ever a, D- a Disney XD person? No. Damn. Nope. She was on Nick. She was uh she was a True Jackson VP. Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Right? Yeah. Anyway, so really liked her. Daniel Kaluuya gives a very subdued performance. Yeah. But- uh, a lot more grounded than Chris, even though like Chris was very grounded too in a lot of ways. But he's very stoic. Mm-hmm. Um this movie's really funny. This movie's, this movie's very super funny. funny, actually. This is I think it's the funniest film so far. <laughs> I think it I think it might be his funniest film, yeah. Uh and I think the humor works almost all the time. There may be a few times where it doesn't. There's but, a, yeah, there's some times where like it's kind of the same thing with us where it's kind of undercut. I'm honestly fine with it though, because there's a lot of humor in this movie. There really is a lot of it. And so yeah. it's like I don't think that it's necessarily bad that maybe one time it did. And it's more ridiculous. Yeah. Like, we'll, again, we'll get into we'll get into it with the spoilers. But like, this movie is more ridiculous than or plot wise than like oh, I think his other movies are. Oh yeah, even uh, more than Get Out, which is like a yeah, yeah, really ridiculous concept. Again, um, just one of the most original films, right? You Super know, in the way that it is, but it also again pays homage to westerns and like rural California films, right? Something yeah. that Paul Thomas Anderson would make probably about yeah. like living in rural California. Like in in the way that the set pieces and like environment is constructed, uh, the use of colors it's great is great, and I think this is the best cinematography I've seen in any Jordan Peele film. I'd agree. Honest. I'd agree. Um, the cinematography in this movie is absolutely incredible. It is so good. It's really freaking good. It's so good. Um, the sound mixing, especially seeing it with that speaker system in the theater that we saw it in, was. Mm immaculate it was so good the the mixing and the sound design itself yeah um was so good i would say like my main issue with the movie i think it's a little too long i would say the first act could be cut or the The, like the first half can kind of be cut down it could be cut down the first half is a little bit slow that's true um which is again i'm not i don't have a problem with slow movies but i can see some people would have a problem with it um I thought it was setting up things. Yeah, I thought, it was, I thought there was I thought there was a, enough setup and 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 things I was doing that I was okay with it. Yeah, and overall, I think the message is a lot clearer in this one than it is in Us, right? I mean, in terms of like 
what the story is, but in terms of what it means, it's a lot harder to figure out. I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, I have my theories, but like, I and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that's necessarily horrible, but it is a little bit frustrating, mm. just because I don't necessarily know. And it's like, and it's, <sighs> um, you're all going to my thought. Well, like. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was it was really, really good. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, well, there are some things that don't quite make sense. But then there are some things that undeniably, like, the more I think about it, the more I think, wow, they were, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, There's one sequence in this movie that we're not going to talk about because it's a spoiler. But it's actually one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. It's so scary. Um, so scary. I it's it's the I scene don't know if you it, saw me. It, no. Did you see? I, I think you were probably up. so sucked in. I, I was, was really I was also in. sucked in, yeah. Um I was like I was like jerking. Like when things were happening, I was yeah. like wincing and that sort of thing. It was just very uncomfortable it, and super scary. It's it's one of the hardest things to watch at the same time you can't look away. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's like, and that's just one of those like special, special moments. Mm-hmm. Um where for for like two minutes probably straight there was nothing else like I could possibly think about at that time except for what was happening on screen I was yeah. just enthralled yeah I, it was it was just I think we looked at each other after it and yeah we were like we, yeah we did <laughs> we, were, we were like we we're like holy crap holy shit that was amazing <laughs> yeah um and so yeah there's yeah. parts of this movie that are like the CG kind of sucked yeah it looked <laughs> Sorry. They all can't be winners, man. <laughs> Especially in that close up, you're gonna notice. I have it. I have nitpicks of everything. Is it better know. than the freaking hey. apes in 2001? Tell me that. Hey, 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 hey. You know what? You know what? They did Davy Jones in Pirates of the Caribbean 2 a yeah. lot better. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's okay. No, Disney. I know. Anyway. Think anyway. about the budget. <laughs> okay. Anyway, anyway. Um <laughs> My, but like there was like that scene, and like the more I think about that scene, the better it gets. The more I think about that scene, it's the more I remember how it's. It was just the only thing in my mind. There are a couple scenes and like concepts from this movie that I think the same. I have the same feeling of. Like there's one with Steven Yeun where he's like talking um to like an audience, and that scene also kind of lives in the same way. It's just like yeah. really well edited and. And sequenced. Um, and this is a movie I want to rewatch for sure. I agree. Um, because there's probably things that you missed. Yeah. So um, I will say this. This is kind of a spoiler, but it's fine. Um, when you're watching, pay attention to the sky. I think yeah. that's an important thing. If you like catching little things, little things in the movie, pay attention to the sky. Um, but that's it. You you're probably not going to notice it the first time but then you'll probably notice it the second time yeah yeah um but yeah if you want to look for things yeah this guy is a is a clue but that's all we're gonna say yeah um um no anyway the like we talked about the the message and it's like it's maybe it's it's not as deep as we think it is it might not be and, you know and like that's but like it, this leads me to what i think about what i have to say about jordan peele which is this is why I like watching a Jordan Peele film. is because he makes me feel like a freaking idiot. <laughs> Jordan Peele makes me feel like an absolute like dipshit. Every time I watch a, mo- a Jordan Peele movie. Because I, it's, 
I can never tell if I, if I am focusing on something that is meant to be symbolic or it's just there for the sake of being there, for the sake of being there. And it's like, it's so annoying and it's just makes you feel like crap. Like you just like, I don't like, know. Why is this here? Why did this happen? It'll like, like there's a point in this, in this movie where like it focuses on something oh and it's like god. very out of place. Oh my god. It's, and yeah. And it just like it's almost like a Hitchcock zoom where it like you really pulls attention to one specific object. It's like well like the framing and the lighting is just is just clearly make trying to make you focus on this one specific thing. Yeah. Um and it is it's mesmerizing. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't know if it actually means anything. It's just like there. You're like, wow, this looks really cool. And I'm supposed to look at this and it's supposed to say something. But I almost want to go back. I see like I have two minds about, about a rewatch with this. And this is a really good problem to have after, your, after a film. Um, is I almost want to go back and watch it and just not try to analyze. Just see what happens. Just see what happens. Just see how I feel. Um and then I also want to go back and analyze. Like it's, it, it makes me want to do both of those, mm-hmm. which is, I think it's a good problem to have. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to highlight some of the performances because it's important. Kiki Palmer is very, you know, I already said charismatic. Just like charismatic, really funny, really funny, super funny, actually. Um, like probably next to um, the there's a technical guy that comes on yeah and that guy easily gets the funniest lines oh he's so good though so freaking funny (laughs) dude he's oh my gosh any character that mentions ancient aliens and anything (laughs) and also it had one of the best like like environmental comedy scenes I've ever seen in my life maybe it's just because I'm a gamer but like there's a oh, point yeah. where you oh, see this God. tech guy's apartment and you just see what's set up there. And <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it because it's just so funny. funny. It is so funny. I was like, oh my god. And he's god. like talking about like a girlfriend that broke up with him. And then you see his apartment, and you're like, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> it's great. Oh my god. No, that guy was so funny. Kiki Palm was great. Uh Keith David as like the dad. Who, I love that guy. Okay, so Keith God, David. I, love that guy. I hope this doesn't make me sound like an idiot. Um, but when I heard his voice, I'm like, I know that from somewhere. And then I tried to search in my mind where I've heard his voice, and I was like, Is that the guy who plays the president in Rick and Morty? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. yes and I looked it up is. and I'm like, yes. It <laughs> is. But that's what I know him from, not from like a million other things. It's that, that I know him He also from. narrated uh, an episode of Community that's yes, meant to look like a Ken Burns film. Oh, he awful. did. I haven't seen Community. I heard it's good, but you'd love it. I probably would. But um, anyway, um, no, Keith David is Steven good. Yun. Stephen Yun. Stephen Yun is good. Freaking everything. Yeah. God. I haven't seen God. The Walking Dead, but here's good in that. Oh, he's really good in that. He's like oh. actually like one of the most likable characters in that. Great. Um, I hear that show is not great. So um, you know. the first couple seasons were okay, and yeah, then that's what and I then here. and it went a little downhill, and then it went back uphill, and then it went and a little back downhill. downhill. Yeah. Um, so you know, Stephen Young was great. Daniel Kaluuya is again a, just a fantastic actor, and we see him. He kills it. He m- murders it. Really, really kills it. In this one, I don't even know if there's a standout. It might be him, but I think it's Kiki Palmer. I think you it's, think it's Kiki. Palmer? I think, I think Kiki Palmer um, adds. A very necessary amount of energy mm-hmm. into every scene. Um, 
and I think it's really, I think it works really, really freaking well. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think that there's not really a bad performance. The child performance in this movie is quite good too, despite it being pretty short. Um. Oh my gosh, yeah. And yeah. it's very subtle. Yeah. But it works. And yeah, I just. <sighs> And more we're talking about it, I'm realizing that, yeah, I really, really did like this movie a lot. Um, I did too. I just, it's it's one of those things where I want to sink my teeth into it so bad. Yeah. But it just feels like there's nothing there to do that with. Yeah. And maybe that's just Jordan Peele playing with my expectations. Yeah. It might have been that Jordan Peele just wanted to make this movie that was like kind of not the super high concept thing. And it's not that it's not high concept. And, and it, it is. Well, like, it's just like when we talk about Jordan Peele, we always expect there to be like some kind of element of like a larger story about like race in America. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's kind of the expectation, especially that he said with Get Out, especially, right? Yeah. Um, and and he continued it with us. You know, if we were looking at his director trademarks, that might be one of them. Um, yeah. It's like, like if we're talking about auteur theory, that is something that yeah. like, is a like Steven Spielberg has a unifying theme that he always wants to talk about relationships between fathers and sons. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very clear Steven Spielberg trademark. Exactly. Um and Jordan for Jordan Peele like you'd assume it's race in America. Um and in this one if that is in there it's really hard to get to find. Well, I can see it a little bit, right? I can kind of see it. Because like we'll we'll talk about it in in spoilers, spoilers but like yeah. yeah there there are things that I like immediately connected. I'm like okay that could be talking about this that could be talking about this, mm-hmm. but um there's nothing that's very clear um in this one about that, and that's okay because like it is still like it's still like pretty fun like it actually gets almost like actiony towards the end especially yeah the the last act of this movie is a blast it's man. really fun it's a really really the last fun act time. of this movie is a blast yeah it's so much fun and. There's all these cool references to like older movies that I really like, I think. Yeah. You know, like old westerns and that sort of thing in the score and also in there's this one song that's like in every western since the early the late 90s. It's in Toy Story too. Oh, I know. That um, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and it's in this movie too, but it's like the theme for like a like a western amusement park. And I thought that was hilarious. I don't yeah. know if that's like that's no, that, yeah. <laughs> but it's really funny. And honestly, I just I really thought that the vibes of this movie were pretty fun, aside from it being a little bit scary at times. And this movie has the best use of saying the name of the that's movie <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying that just because it's one word and it's probably going to show up, but it's very poignant when they use the word nope. In the movie, um, and I, I don't think it overstays its welcome at all. See, uh, I think I think this film does something really smart with uh, using its title, which is most films when they use the title, it's like one moment. Yeah, it's like you know, maybe this is as good as it gets, right? <laughs> ah, he said it. He said it. <laughs> well, you, well, I am the departed. <laughs> 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 I know oh. we've talked about this, but this is just a side note. There's a there's a comedy moment in Ted Lasso that's so funny when he's like talking about Scorsese, where he's like, "It's so sad because Scorsese made so many films, yet he won for The Departed. Really, it wasn't that good." <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Is that Roy Kent? 
no, no, no. Uh, but uh, Nope uses it all the damn time. It's awesome. It's great. It's super fun. There's one moment with Daniel Kaluuya where he uses there's it. There's one. There's like, it's like you have to pick out like, which is the one that actually is. Like, it is such good comedic timing. It's like awesome. From yeah. everyone. It is yeah. just so good from like an acting perspective, from a shot perspective, because the camera does not move at all. Yeah. And like in the way that he opens like a door, it's just, it's great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's um, great. I, okay. Nope. Um, we're, we're about to get into spoilers. So quickly, uh, huge recommendation. Big I recommend think. for me. I yeah. think again, it's the best movie of the summer that I've seen. And I'd probably agree. Yeah. I think that some people are, I think this is more mixed than, than us. I don't know. It's look, um, it, if you're going, I think it's part of the Jordan Peele thing, but like, I think if the more I think about it, if you just think about this as there are themes and motifs and you can try to piece it together, but if you don't, it, it's still like a very interesting and, and it builds tension well. It's shot incredibly well. The characters are fun. There's a, a not a whole lot to like really hate on no. with this movie. I think people are just putting like these massive expectations on it. Because of Get Out. And we do it and we did it too. Um, and like, that's why it is like, it is disappointing comparatively. Right. But like, get out. But if you keep comparing it to get out, then you're just always going to be disappointed. It's like, it's a very, very exciting movie. It also like pretty fun. It's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I, I'd recommend it. I highly recommend it. Um, it's a really, really fun time at the movies. Much better than us. It is very much better than us. I would say it's, you know, really, really great. And, there is a lot of really awesome moments and there's a twist. There's one scene that is just immaculate. There, like, yeah. Like yeah. one of the best things I've that, seen. Period. I think that scene, um, if you, if you're okay with like, you know, getting genuinely scared, um, <laughs> some people, it you know, shows some people just take, enough to some, be frightening. Yeah. But it's not like overly graphic. Like, like yeah. the Northman. I loved that movie. Yeah, it's awesome. But oh my god, that is so graphic. There, I could not recommend that to. Most oh, by people. the way, I heard a I heard a movie where it's showing, or, or I heard a take about the Northman, where it's like the Northman is 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 like a violent film, but it's showing that violence and how stupid it is. So it's actually like an anti-violent film. Whoa, and it's like I kind of agree with anyway. kind of yeah. Kinda. But anyway, I don't think I can really recommend the Northman because it's just so graphic. It's so graphic. It's, this yeah. one, it's there's it's graphic. I'm not gonna say it's not graphic because it is, mm. but it it's not like too much to handle in my opinion. Yeah, um, that scene I think is worth the price of admission. Honestly, yeah, really. It it was one of those theater moments for me. Yeah, see it. Um, see it. See in a see in a theater with good sound too, if you can. Yeah. Anyway, come back and listen to our spoiler talk. We're gonna talk about it now. Now. Okay. Let's just talk spoilers about that scene. That scene. The monkey. Let's just be honest. Okay, elephant in the room didn't look great. The monkey. Looked <laughs> like, the monkey kind of looked like dog shit. It's a small <laughs> movie. It's okay. It's um, fine. The and also it was pretty close up. It was pretty close up and like. But like then, but then they like switch like the fist bump thing, mm-hmm. and it's like the fist looks so, like it was like an actual fist because yeah, it probably right? was because they probably used you know like someone on a puppet hand. Yeah, yeah, like it was like it's fine. It's like but, and and they tried to like cover it with like the the screen thing. Yeah, and it didn't work that well. It didn't work unfortunately, just because it was just in. I again, I give it a I give it a okay. Okay, look, the actual so. visual of it, meh. 
the animation and, and the like acting. the movements and the acting, those were incredible. Because yes. you fully believe, especially at distance, like it looked a lot better. Up close, it looked like dog shit. Um, but like mm-hmm. at a distance, the movement was so good and they sold that so well. Yeah. Um, that like it was, oh my gosh, and the sound design. Oh my god! You could just All hear the, the hits, the hits, and the bones breaking and blood oh. spurting, and it was just oh my god! It's like cur- blood curtain. It was, it was one of the most terrifying scenes I've seen in a very long time. Like single scenes. Yeah, and the way that this is broken up, it takes each title card of the animal that's within the scene. Mm-hmm. So if they have a certain horse, like ghost, or like um, you know the creature in the sky, which they named uh, what was a jean jacket. Yeah. Um, that's the header, right? And for this one, it was Gordy. And that's what we hear about is we hear about this, like Gordy's sitcom, right? The sitcom that this monkey yeah. was on. And yeah, it was this, like Gordy's this, house or something. Yeah, Gordy's house. Um, and it just shows Gordy. And I love how it sets up the scene, right? Because they show mm. the actual sitcom moment, which is like, oh, it's Gordy's birthday, right? Oh, what did you get, Gordy? But it also keeps the outtake, right? Because probably no one edited this episode. Yeah. Because why would they? Because of this huge tragedy that happened. Yeah. So you see young Steven Young's character yeah. mess up his line there like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Hey. And then he starts over. And then they show the balloons going up. And then and I as soon, that. I loved it. And as soon as it popped, the video cut out. Yeah. So it's again not showing how we got to that moment. Because it just, all we do is we hear the monkey just going crazy. Ape shit, you could say. Ape shit. Literally going ape shit. Yeah. So we don't see him literally kill every single person in the studio. Yeah. That's not what we see. Well, okay, it's like six people. But. Yeah. Um, no, because there's the audience members too. But they're not all dead. They like ran out. They ran out maybe. Yeah, no. Know. Well, like I also love the, the balloons, right? Mm-hmm. I love that moment in particular because earlier when Stephen Young was like setting up like what happened, he said that um, one of the monkeys that played Gordy just like, well, had a bad day. That's not what happened. Mm-mm. That's not what happened. What happened is they let these, all these balloons go in a set with hot lights up above. Yeah. And then, because you saw that all the light, like directly above, you see the canopy at one point. Mm-hmm. And it's all like these giant lights. Yeah. So the balloons are obviously going to pop when they hit those. And that's just going to send the monkey going crazy. So it's just like they forgot about the nature of the of, of like animals. that animal. And yeah. it parallels what we see at the beginning of the film, yeah. right? With them going to this horse training or this this commercial and these people don't know how to train these animals. Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya's character does, but he's too soft-spoken yeah. to say anything. And then they just mess with the animals. Yeah. Right? It's about – and that's more of the themes – that we see in this movie of them trying to control and mess people who don't know how to train. Well, like people creatures. who are, and people who are trying to tame nature in a way that is, that is unnatural or that is that like, or, or exploitive. Yeah. Especially actually it, it's all exploitive, right? Exploitive, yeah. Like, it, like, because it's the horse that's exploit that like that's mm-hmm. exploitive for the thing. Um, the monkey for, for also for the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, and then the alien, I guess. Yeah. Right? Um, for... They're trying to exploit Stephen Young. Like his theme part. Stephen Young, the character who saw the consequences of that yeah. and then didn't learn the lesson. Yeah. And it's also talking about trauma in that way, right? Yes. Where he is severely traumatized. But when he talks about this moment for the first time, 
it doesn't seem like he's phased. Yeah. Right? But then we see a little bit, because after that moment, we see just a, a little bit of what happened there. Yeah. It's really, really smart setup for um, that scene. And it's about not showing us enough, but then they do show us enough later in the film. Oh, my God. Dude, and like when you see what happened oh. to the girl's face, and you're like, it looks like the monkey like bit off yeah. her lips. Mm-hmm. Because you see her face under a sheet yeah. barely later. And it is terrifying. It's so scary. Like, yeah. And this is so well-timed as well, right? Because it's just slow enough, and it doesn't move the camera either, because it's almost like we're a POV of young Steven Yun seeing all this happen. Yeah. And then finally, when it it goes to the side shot of the fist bump trying to happen, we hear that shotgun, Mm -hmm. and then the blood spurts, and the monkey's dead. Yeah. And... And it's like, the, and it's also the whole time we have a focus, and this is what you're talking about. The thing that we just cannot pick out what it really means is mm-hmm. like that shoe that's standing up. Um, yeah. And, and that might be, oh, one thing is okay, one thing is stable, mm. right? Because she ends up living, right? Yeah. But, well, and in that moment, and it's like, okay, again, that scene, um, maybe the best scene I've seen all year. It oh I wouldn't doubt it. I, think, I really I think it's the best single scene this year. It's yeah. so good. Um, it is just so well directed, so well shot, so well acted. Everything except for the CGI. That is literally the, the only CGI is not the good. one thing. It's like yeah. I, you can't. It's you can't win them all. And but. also like, freaking CGI artists are not paid enough anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, um, that go and I I watched a video when and this guy talked about what he thought that the shoe meant, and he said. He thought about the line that where Daniel Kaluuya says, um, like, what, what's a bad miracle? Do we have a word for that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, that is a miracle, right? That, like, the shoe got knocked off of her foot from, this, from the monkey. And it's just standing up, upright. It's just able to stand like that. Yeah. And because it's so strange and so off, is, like, young Stephen Young's character just looks at that and, and like focuses on that instead of focusing on the ape that's killing people. And because he was able to do that, he never looked it in the eye. And he never and when he never looked it in the eye, it's it's not gonna attack you. It's not as likely to attack you. Yeah. So it's like it that was a really, really <clears throat> like it's just an odd thing. And he has it later and it's not explained. And whatever I try to think about the themes, I don't know how that thing would fit into it. Yeah, because the big themes of this movie are right about taming the beast, taming is, the beast, and, and yeah, um, that's and filming the filming beast. the yeah, beast yeah. and kind of exploiting yeah animals, yeah. and we see that in many things. So we see that in um, and this is where I think race comes into it because I'm going to get to it. Okay. We see that in Stephen Yun trying to tame this alien thing. Yeah, we see it in our characters trying to use this alien thing to make money off of it. Yeah. They're going to film it and make money off of it, which is what happens when you film animals. These people are horse breeders and horse tamers for the, for, film. For the film industry. Yeah. Right? And so that's what they do. We see that with them trying to do it with this Gordy moment. Mm-hmm. And this is something I put together just now. We see that with the Haywood himself, the original Haywood. Because who gets the fame? 
it's the filmmaker that does. Yeah, you're right. Right? Wow. It wasn't the guy who was black. Mm. And so the black man in the 1870s who was riding this horse is not credited in anything being the first actor, um, horse tamer, right? He wasn't, he wasn't given credit Mm -hmm. for that. It was the filmmaker that was, Mm. which is kind of ironic because Jordan Peele is the auteur. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Isn't that weird? I don't know if I'm reading too much into it. I think, but no, I think it's very intentional. Isn't that really weird? Jordan Peele doesn't strike me. He strikes me as a Spike Lee type. Yeah. Where he's very, very aware of the history of, of, of black people in cinema. Yeah. Um, you know? So. So, but we saw him, the filmmaker of this Haywood guy in the two second horse clip mm-hmm. taming the beast, quote unquote, the beast being the black person. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that... It could be it. Could be it, right? And I'm just thinking about it right now, and I'm like, this is really intelligent. Right? Mm. I don't know. I think that it's it's really, really cool, and not something that I really thought about until now, until we started talking about it. Mm. Okay. So, well, I, I don't know. Um, well, it's just like, it's, it's difficult, because there are things that... <laughs> I thought there was something personally. I like I told you this when I when we came out. I thought there was something to do with police brutality in this because it was so focused on film on like a filming of violence. It, people don't believe it unless they see it filmed. Pe- exactly. People right. don't believe it unless they see it being filmed. Um, and um, and it's like it's, um, this is something I, I've thought for a while. It's like have we ever like how much thought have we given to the fact that like the cell phone camera has done more for like racial justice in America than like since Martin Luther King? Yeah. Like seriously, you're right. Like filming violence is such a huge thing. And there's an insane emphasis put on, on filming filming, things, filming animals in particular. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe it's calling the police uh, animals. (laughs) Might be. Might you know, be. And that's you know, another way that you could take it. There, there was never a pig that was filmed, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that's another thing. Another theme that I could see being possible is the act of reclamation, right? Right. Mm. Reclamation. So basically, people who are underprivileged taking back what's rightfully theirs. Yeah. We see these horse breeders and these horse tamers being Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kluya, and this tech guy, I guess now, Mm -hmm. um, trying to get this on film. And they don't want other people to do it because they're the ones. And Stephen Young, we see him do this too. He's the one who experienced this trauma. He's the one who is up there doing, you know, these alien sightings, right, in the desert. We see these two groups, both minorities, mm-hmm. trying to take back what is rightfully theirs, which is this specific thing. Right? The specific. Th- what specific thing? Go on, go like, like seeing the alien. See? Because then the news comes, right? And they're seeing it. And we have the TMZ guy come later mm-hmm. who's not related to this. They didn't experience this trauma, but they're wanting to profit off of it. Oh, that's a good point. So, yeah. Because these, these people... They experienced what it was like. Stephen Young experienced what it was like to be on set for the Gordy thing. Mm. Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya experienced the terror of being under this creature. Yeah. Right? And that makes sense also for Stephen Young's character because you're like, 
why would you have all of these, this memorabilia to this traumatic incident? Mm-hmm. It's because you are trying to be the only one who profits off your trauma. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's another way you could look at it. So, so okay. So let's think about this profiting of trauma thing more like in a societal um, context, right? Mm-hmm. So people who po- profit off of trauma probably going to say CNN yeah. and your, your Fox News and your giant news organizations media, of the day. The media, yeah. Yeah, your me- media organizations, Hollywood, um, mm-hmm. all profit off the trauma of, in particular, black people right now, right? Yes. Um, and, and other minorities, like... Other minorities and other traumatic events, right? We've yeah. had a lot of shootings this year. Yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of these news outlets have profited off yeah. of, you know, reporting these extremely tragic events. Am I sad that they're doing this? Tragic, tragic events that are also kind of within the nature of human beings to an yeah. extent, right? Like, mm-hmm. you give a country a ton of weapons, mm-hmm. things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. You know? Yeah. Um, and this type of, you know, meaning and subtlety and really, really, really kind of not necessarily in-your-face meanings yeah. is why I preferred this one to us. Yeah, exactly. Right? Is because this all is making more sense as I'm talking about it rather than if I tried to piece together crap in us. <laughs> it makes less sense. Also, right? the third act of this film is like way better than the third act of oh. this. Oh, oh, <laughs> Like so much better. The, the third act of this movie is a blast with all of the like the uh, balloon guys, as soon right? As, uh, no, as soon as you get to... I think as soon as you get past like... Actually, uh, Stephen Yun dying. Uh huh. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we've already been said in it. the spoilers. <laughs> we've been as soon as you get past Stephen Yun dying, um, it's a blast. Okay. Also, the weird shot of like all the people inside of the creature. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, that, was, that was so. That, that made was, my skin crawl. Oh, that was like terrifying because you can just hear everyone like screaming. Oh, yeah. As it flies by, which is a great detail. And I heard Chris Stuckman talk about this, and he talked about this with everything ever all at once. And I, he talked about it with this one, which I think is really valid. Which is when a film does something or like a shot, and you're like, "How the hell did they do that?" Yeah, that is amazing. And I felt like that with the shots from inside this thing. <laughs> Uh, no, what, like, remind <laughs> what? Oh, please don't say something stupid. Oh, kind of. <laughs> Men in black. <laughs> it's like, do you remember when Will Smith gets eaten? Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. Okay, shout outs to Men in Black. I love I that actually movie. really like Men in Black. I've, it's super funny. Look, look, I love Men in Black. I even like Men in Black 3. I know it wasn't that great, <laughs> but I love that movie. I, I like Men and in- it has this song by Pitbull. <laughs> it's like the remix of the song from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> ah, every the time of my life. <laughs> no, no, it's not that. Uh, but like, no, 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 no. Um, no, but there was like the shot where he's like wriggling inside the alien and yeah. like he's covered in shit. Um, and it like it was a similar kind of vibe to that mm-hmm. where it felt like it felt gooey. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I get what you mean though. No. Um, yeah. No, that like that shot was, was really great. But like I liked I liked the the concept of the alien. I love when it like spread open and you're like the there's end. a whole other phase to it. Yeah. That's super cool. Um the ending itself was really, really cool where they paralleled them cutting the balloon, right? Mm. And that was the thing that killed the alien. 
Yeah. Which I thought was amazing. Yeah. And then also them balancing. And this is, again, foreshadowing that I think works super well. This is like a funny moment where she like looks in the well at the beginning of the movie and it's like, shit, she photo I, just, I just ruined these kids' photo, which it's is like, hilarious. She's like, shit, fo- photobomb. It would have been even funnier if no, that's she was vaping at the same time. <laughs> Yo, that would have been even Yo, funnier. Kiki Palmer's vape during this movie. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, just want to put it out there. Vaping can deliver toxic, toxic metals, metals like nickel and lead into, into your lungs. lungs. That's metal in your lungs. Um, don't vape kids, don't okay? Don't vape children. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like that would have been even funnier <laughs> if she did that. But. Okay, okay. Well, I do want to ask this because it's like, is there something to like, them? they made a point about Kiki Palmer being like lazy and but like, then she, it's like almost like a character like, growth moment for her. I know it's like a character growth moment, but like, <sighs> I hate talking about that. But like, that's also very tied up in like a super racist, like conception, right? Yeah. Of like black people being lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like an incredibly racist thing that is like yeah. put out there. Um, and and I was like, I think it's less about. I wonder if that's at all related. <laughs> You know, um, I think that it's less about her being lazy and more about her being less driven and less attached to these horses than her brother. Because Daniel Kaluuya, if you remember at the beginning of the movie, was there when his dad died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So he feels a super strong connection to these horses and to this business. And Kiki Palmer's character is just less mature, I think, and that she grows in maturity throughout the film. That's the way that I take it. Well, she, she yeah, I mean, she only really grows like significantly to me at like the very end. Mm-hmm. I don't think you really see her developing that much in terms of like wanting to do more for like the projects and stuff. Like she's not helping out the tech guy. Yeah, and, like, but she also helps, you know, administer this plan. Right. She, in the third act, she's the one who sets up all of these, um, you know, she's the one who made all of the um, clothes and then she helped make those balloon guys. Right. Yeah. There's like the sewing scene. She's showing a lot of initiative at that point. Um, I know. I'm, I mean, and that could be I could just be like part of like the more of the family storyline mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, she's she's still great. Um, yeah, she she's. Also, yeah, the music great. that they use in music this movie, is great. like all like the, all the, the freaking, records. That I they forgot have. the name that they used of the the car scene where this tech guy starts to drive away, and I forgot the name of that song. But it's a song that sounds like "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These." But the but the yeah, and how it like yeah yeah how it like slows down and all that. It's um, "Sweet Dreams" by Eurythmics. Yeah, and that's not the song though. They use a different song. It's a song that sounds like that song. Oh, well, come on. I don't know what the song is called. I forgot. <laughs> I'll have to look it up. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, they use a lot of music in it and it's really great. Um, especially when it slows down when the power goes out and that sort of thing. It's really yeah. awesome. I think a lot of the uh, effects with the alien actually look pretty good. They look great. The, yeah. Again, the only CGI that's not it's great is the monkey. monkey. Yeah. Um, and, you know, immediately mm. after I saw the movie, I was like, the monkey scene was amazing, mm-hmm. and it was definitely, I think, if you had to say the best filmed and edited scene in the film, it was that. Yeah. Like, that was just immaculate. There, see, that's also <laughs> great. Um, I know this is going to seem obvious, but, like, sometimes we forget. Like, 
that's one of those moments where like you hang on every sound yeah. and it's like it's so like there's no like score there's no like little thing playing in the background it's like it's deadly silent yeah it's awesome um and all you hear is just like bones cracking and yeah. blood and all oh that and it's it sounds that sounds not fun but it's not fun it's just like it's amazing it's uh, like i mean it's one of the most captivating things I've seen all year. Yeah. yeah. But immediately after coming out of the theater, I think I said this to you, I was like, I don't know what the point of that was. Right? Like, yeah. what the point of having that theme and, like, moment yeah. in the film? Because, you know, that's not related to Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya's characters at all. It's mm-hmm. only related to Stephen Young's. Yeah. And nothing else. But now it, talking about it more, this idea of taming the beast and, you know, working through trauma and, and profiting off trauma and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, it's really needed. Yeah. It adds a lot, right? Yeah. Because the whole idea of this end of the movie, them cutting this stupid ass balloon and that's what kills the alien. If the if the monkey thing didn't exist, everyone would have been like, this is so stupid. This is yeah. like at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy when Chris Pratt dance battles Ronan the Accuser, right? <laughs> they would have had that similar vibe, right? Yeah, except not ironic. Except that ironic, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and so it could have gone that way. But because we had that monkey moment in the film with them cutting the balloons, this yeah. worked, right? It wasn't just a stupid cartoon cowboy. <laughs> that killed the alien. Yeah. Cowboys versus aliens. <gasps> <laughs> um, Man, it, I really liked this movie now. Yeah. I'm talking about it a lot. This was a great movie. It's pretty fun. It's pretty great. The themes end up lining. You do just... Jordan Peele makes you work for it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, let's like give Jordan Peele all of his flowers because there's like... I, last week I thought he was he was um, he was overrated, and I still think he's a little bit. I'm wow. not gonna lie. No, no. Uh, well, here's what: well, if I'm you racist, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because I don't like films about race. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I still think he's he's overrated because, and he'll always be overrated because we're always going to look at every film he makes and hope it to be Get Out. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we talked about Get Out at the beginning of this, and this it's just easily one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. But um, Jordan Peele will, like, I'm not saying he can never make that again. It's just going to be really, really freaking difficult. And I will always have that hope and that expectation that he will do it. And I think a lot of people will. So that's going to kind of tend to inflate people's perspective about him. So I'm still going to stick with, I think he is a bit overrated, but it's just people's expectations. Him as a filmmaker, if I'm thinking about it, like, I'm trying to be like an objective point. Mm-hmm. Um, he is consistent. He makes films that are interesting, films that want to say something, films that want to push the craft of filmmaking and the writing in particular. Um, he wants to push it back to where like horror movies used to be. He's one of the most inherently original filmmakers working today there. in horror, in in filmmaking, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just horror because he's oh he's pushing horror he's pushing horror. he's he and Ari Aster are the ones who are pushing horror right now yeah. right yeah really um but with Nope now in his canon you're seeing again someone with just an unbelievably original idea yeah making these really complex 
and also accessible stories at the mm-hmm. same time, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I think with especially Get Out and Us, I think Us is less Get Out and Nope. Us is less uh, accessible, I think, in my opinion. I agree. Um, um, but he's pushing the limits. He's showing what horror can do when you have these original captivating stories. And he's also showing how you can com- combine humor and suspense in a really, really effective way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not an auteur. No. Okay, so everyone shut the fuck up with that. Shut up. <laughs> Michael Abels is just doing as much as him. And Daniel Kaluuya is doing as much, much as him. him. It's a the, co- His cinematographer, I forgot his name, but he works with Nolan sometimes. But um, uh, he's that German guy that I can't remember. Oh, it's Hyde's. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Hyde, Hyde, Camp. Yep, yep. Or something. Yep, yep. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but like they're all, they're all collaborating. They are all sharing ideas. And trying to work through Jordan Peele. What Jordan Peele is, is he's an amazing communicator. Mm-hmm. And he gets people together that he likes working with. And they all want to, to help him succeed at what he wants to do. That's all it is. And what that is, is a consistent, original, pretty great product. Yeah. So He's got a consistent team that really likes working with him. He's got ideas that are really creative. And I can't wait to see what he does next. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that was Jordan Peele. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah. We appreciate you. Uh, we're not going to do any under or over because this episode has been It's almost two on. hours. It's been, <laughs> it's been going on a while. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya.